And there came a voice from heaven, saying, Thou art my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hey listeners, this is Nick from Scripture Central, and today's podcast addresses the question, Why was Jesus proclaimed to be the Son of God at His baptism? When Jesus was baptized at the beginning of His ministry, several divine manifestations confirmed to all present that He was the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. These very meaningful manifestations included the opening of the heavens, the Holy Ghost descending upon Jesus, and the voice of the Father speaking from heaven. Mark and Luke quote God as speaking directly to Jesus Himself, and there came a voice from heaven saying, Thou art my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Matthew recorded God's voice as being directed to the audience who witnessed Jesus' baptism. In any royal investiture, words were naturally addressed both to the one being elevated to the throne and also to the people who would then honor that ruler as their divinely appointed leader. All three of these Gospels, commonly referred to as the Synoptic Gospels, appear to be quoting or alluding to Psalm 2, which is often viewed as a prominent royal psalm associated with the coronation of ancient Israelite kings. I will declare the decree, The Lord hath said unto me, Thou art my son, this day I have begotten thee. In the ancient Near East, it was common for kings to be referred to as the son of a deity, and for them to go through a ritual initiation process to receive the power and authority to act in that God's name. In this respect, kings were regarded as having divine qualities. Thus, as Jasmine Rapley has noted, to be a son of God is, at its core, to inherit divinity and assume a form of deity. Proclamation of Jesus' sonship is tacit confirmation of his godhood. Matthew B. Brown has observed that the initiation of the king was tied directly to the temple precinct and involved the king being admitted into the presence of God. It is significant that many elements of the Israelite temple then appear in Jesus' baptism when he initiated his ministry and the presence of all three members of the Godhead became manifest. For example, the reception of a new name, specifically the identity of the Son of God, is coupled with the reception of washing and anointing ordinances. The washing rite readily correlates with Jesus being immersed and therefore washed by water at his baptism. As for the anointing, this occurred symbolically when the Holy Ghost came in the form of a dove and rested upon Jesus. In the Old Testament, Isaiah specifically connected the Spirit with anointing, and Peter would later tie this concept even more directly to Jesus' experience in the Jordan. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. Joseph Smith further connected the sign of the dove at Jesus' baptism with the proper identification of angels, another temple-related theme. Finally, when Jesus came up out of the water at his baptism, it is noteworthy that the heavens were torn open, according to Mark chapter 1. At this rending or parting of the heavenly veil, Jesus was admitted into the presence of two members of the Godhead, he himself being the third member incarnate. His baptism thus ultimately led to a type of divine confirmation or encounter, much like prophetic callings found in the Old Testament. The baptism of Jesus was the inauguration of Jesus' ministry and salvific work. Jesus' identity as God's only begotten Son was confirmed in a dramatic manner, as the veil between heaven and earth was rent and the presence of all three members of the Godhead became manifest. 
Such a monumental experience sets a precedent for each of us to follow. As Nephi expressed near the end of his life, And now, if the Lamb of God, he being holy, should have need to be baptized by water to fulfill all righteousness, oh then, how much more need have we, being unholy, to be baptized, yea, even by water? Elder Bruce R. McConkie taught, To fulfill all righteousness is to perform every ordinance, keep every commandment, and do every act necessary to the attainment of eternal life. These ordinances, commandments, and acts include those performed in the holy temple, which are prefigured by the ordinance of baptism. By making covenants with the Lord, we too can take upon us the name of the Son of God and follow the path Jesus set. Regarding our own journeys on this covenant path, Jasmine Rapley has observed, Jesus Christ promises his followers that those who repent of their sins and embrace the gospel will have joint access to Jesus' identity as a son. In other words, by following the example that Jesus set, all individuals can eventually approach the Lord and be admitted into his presence as covenantal sons and daughters of God. Thank you for listening to this presentation from Scripture Central. For more information, please visit scripturecentral.org.